2: Good morning.
0: Hot, hot, Mike, hot, Mike. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. Our lovely podcast with the fine folks at DraftKings. With me, as always, Brandon Newman. Back today with a very festive shirt here for the live stream and live podcast audience. Yes, as we are out here in Los Angeles in advance of what will be tonight's Home Run Derby and then tomorrow's All Star Game.
3: How are you feeling, Brandon? Feeling good. Haven't stopped sweating since around 7 a.m. Yes, Pacific Time. Uh, so, in a stride, if you will, at this point.
0: Yes, I like I say, we're firmly greased up out here, which, by the way, if you are around here, feel free to walk over to the tent. We've got shade, we've got a decent cross breeze, and we've got Dallas Braden joining us today here, former major leaguer. Obviously, you can hear him after our podcast here as well with Jerry Karabas and the Baseball is Dead podcast, as well as one of the many great voices of the Oakland A's. Dallas, how you doing, man? I am doing well,
1: boys. Thank you for having me. I'm also sweating, my entire inside
3: out
0: off right now. Yeah, it's, it's hot. Yeah, no, there's a lot of big guy energy up here. It feels very good right now. Yeah, you guys have got to be frothy.
3: It's, Froth. a, little, it's a little hotter down here than it is in the Bay, right?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, that's a hard yes. <laughs> yeah, we've got a marine layer that comes into the Bay Area, it settles in, and it's, you know, 68, maybe 74 mm-hmm. on a hot day. Get a, get a little crazy, you start tickling 79. Mm, yeah, touch it. Yeah. Touch it. So
0: speaking of that, you obviously... Have an entire other job outside of this. You just got in last night for All Star Weekend. So, how are you feeling coming off of that? Because it's always interesting to me. You've been through this as a player, obviously. You've been doing this with the A's for a while now, since about what, 2017 as a broadcaster. So, yeah. How is that different for you now coming into the break here, that life of doing it as an analyst versus your days as a player?
1: Well, as as a player, I was never fortunate enough slash good enough to make an all-star team. So you're always looking at this time of the year where you're like, hey, where am I going? You know, it's vacation time. I'm finally going to get to put my feet up for a few days. But then there's also, look, if if you've been injured or if you're really trying to iron some wrinkles out, you know, that's probably a good time to get in the lab. And, and to be working on how you're gonna get better for that second half. So right now, my ERA doesn't change. Whether we give up 10 runs or we give up no runs, my work is done, my hay is in the barn, so it's all vacation on the brain for me. So when we were just in Arlington playing the Rangers and I was again sweating every organ off that I have, and then in Houston, I can't wait to come back home To enjoy the off time, right, and the fact that the All-Star Game is in my backyard here. I live in Southern California. DraftKings was going to be here, be a presence, a huge presence here. So that meant I was still going to be able to get to do baseball stuff, even quote-unquote on an
3: off day, off time. There's a it doesn't sleep. Baseball doesn't sleep. You're a resident of Southern California. Uh, yes. Whereabouts? In Simi Valley. Simi Valley, uh that's uh over the over the hill. That I is believe. over the hill. Yes. Correct.
1: Yeah, that's over yonder, over Yahweh out there. uh-huh Yahweh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yes, that's that's not 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 local. I don't I don't do this side of the hill.
3: The the only reason I'm asking is to, to poke and pride and Mike here, who just moved to L.A., Manhattan <laughs> uh, Beach. I used to live out here, so he's calling me L.A. Brandon every time I'm talking about driving around here. So I just had to get the local spot. Oh, the homies trajectory. crushed
1: me, too, because I'm from I'm from NorCal. I mean, you know, right. I got I got the area code tattooed on the stomach, man. Like, Ooh, there's no, damn, there we go, yeah, you man. know. So
0: It's not real unless you've got that.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they don't just hand those stripes out to any
0: tiger in the jungle, bud. <laughs> that is very true. Well-earned stripes over here for Dallas Braden. Want to get into... Wow. up Oh, let's wow. go! <laughs> let's go! Red Raider nation! No, Red I see that double T. Oh, there we go! Oh, Is that a young bullet boy. out there too? Oh, and the Mahomes jersey uh-huh. here, bro. Trifecta over there. The it Texas Tech representation here, Dallas. You brought out the best of the crowd here already.
1: Strong, strong to quite strong showing already for the Red Raiders. Here we go, Red Raiders! Sorry.
0: <laughs> so we'll get to some of what you're looking forward to with All Star Weekend here. Some of what we saw last night out of the MLB draft, Ooh, some man. youngsters coming Ooh. off the board early. Great stories about about one of those guys too. Oh, right. oh. So I w- definitely want to get into that. But first, I want to talk about Porta Potty. Please do, because. Um, we are up here. Brandon and I were teammates. You and Jared are teammates on the podcast. And I just got to explain to Brandon over there. I got to see the beautiful moment in his eyes when he realized that there was a plastic urinal attachment inside of those bathrooms that you could actually use and a mirror on the back to scope yourself out on the way out here, make sure everything's looking right.
3: You know, you go into a scary place every now and then and you just keep your eyes closed and you just got like, I don't, I don't want to see any extra shit in the porta potty. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they had extra things like urinals. Like, that was a much efficient.
0: It was, it was a much upgrade. more efficient
3: porta potty trip just now, right before the podcast. And uh, I thank you. I thank you for teaching me that.
0: And so there's learning moments there. You and I were talking before that before you came into Jared's life, wasn't a big sneaker guy. Now he's resplendent here, loud colors everywhere. He looks wonderful. What have you learned from Jared Carabas in your guy's, guys' time as podcast partners?
1: Uh, uh, that it's totally okay to eat chicken fingers as a fully grown adult. And it's more than okay to eat those chicken fingers with a side of chocolate milk while enjoying white linen level dining. So when there's a seafood tower on the menu and there's not a price tag attached to it, it's still okay to order your chicken fingers and your chocolate milk.
0: So you're seeing a menu full of MP next to a lot of the dishes here. Totally okay
3: to order off the child's menu. But also, I feel like at that restaurant, you were asking, do you have chicken fingers? And they're like, yeah, of course.
1: It's kind of a move that we make because people bring their children in here that don't palate the offerings that we're featuring. So,
0: yeah, if you'd like to eat what the seven-year-olds eat. No problem. It's yes. okay
1: to do that. That's what I've
0: learned from Jerry. You know what? And it's been okay to do that at the buffet for a long time. One of my favorite pastimes is going in and powerbombing the kids' section of those. Early morning, a little bit hungover, mixing it with the eggs and everything else. Go grab some mac and cheese. And Buddy, I feel candies. like I'm cutting
1: a line if I see you two staring down a buffet. I don't know that I'm getting to the bottom. I mean...
0: Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. You, I mean, you're yeah. pulling back nubs, and you're really <laughs> actually just clanking spoon on metal if you make it in there after. So, wise words and wise strategy, but... Dallas, I do want to talk about what you mentioned from last night here. A lot of great stories out of the MLB draft. Jackson Holiday goes number one overall. I saw this courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info. He's the son of seven-time All-Star Matt Holiday, And the only other son of a former MLB player to go first overall in the MLB draft was Ken Griffey Jr. So pretty incredible night there. What were your thoughts on that, seeing him come off the board early?
1: Well, there's a lot of talk about where you're trying to select talent and what your team looks for. And a lot of times high school players, for better or worse, I think people feel like are a gamble to an extent. There's not much of a sure thing in the baseball draft, regardless of what round we're talking about. And when you're talking about a young player, I think the first thing that you're identifying is their maturity level within the game seven-time all-star as your father. The pedigree is there. He's receiving an education at a big league level before he's able to ride a bicycle without training wheels. So when you think about that, you have to kind of look past some of that roll-of-the-dice outlook that amateur players get labeled with. And as I was going to tell you, stories about Jackson Holiday, when Matt and I were teammates in Oakland, Jackson and I would sit next to each other, and his dad would... He would get up so he could sit in the seat, and I had this fishing game that I would play on my telephone. And he was your guys's age, and I would hand him the phone, and he would go fishing, reeling in you know marlins and groupers and all this on my phone. And so just imagine me like you know in the major leagues, and Jackson was like four or five, and both of us are in the back of the team bus, like winging my telephone <laughs> up and down the aisle. But then you you fast forward, and here he is absolutely raking. I mean, he hit. Over 600 in high school, right? I mean, like, the guy is a freak when it comes to bat-to-ball skill, which means can you put the bat on the ball with frequency, with power, and on average? And he does all of those things exceptionally well. He's an incredible athlete. He's very physical in nature. And, uh, and again, you go back to the DNA and the pedigree, like, there's nothing not to like about Jackson Holiday.
0: All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. And remember to check out Jaegermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York.
3: With with those memories in your like in your head of this child, how how meaningful was that for you last night? Like and especially the future of baseball to be put on Someone who is in such good hands.
1: Well, that's, I mean, that's where my mind goes anytime I start to think about the future of the game. What do, what do the youth look like in terms of, like, are, are, are they coming from places where they've had experience? Are they coming from, like, you think about Vanderbilt, the kind of athletes they're pumping out. But when I think about the youth, I think about the talent that is littered throughout our game right now. There's not been a more exciting time in baseball to be a fan of baseball based on the skill set that all of these young kids have that are already in the big leagues. And now you're watching for the first time ever, first time in Major League history, two sons of former big leaguers go back to back one and two. That's the future of baseball right now. Former all-stars are having all-star babies.
0: That's and the fact that you know their former all star fathers, I always feel like the humbling moment too, where we look around and go, oh, okay, my friend's kids are now getting up here in this. For sure. This is getting real, real quick.
1: For sure. I mean, if my arm hadn't have fallen off, you know, there's a chance I'd end up facing some of these guys. And they'd probably end up <laughs> ushering me out of the door even quicker. <laughs> I, I,
0: I do want to ask because you mentioned some of the challenges that young players face coming up here. We saw already the Red Raider love. You didn't come straight from high school and do it, but even walking into this league as a young person in general, coming up through the minor league system, what are the biggest things that you would say young players have to look out for when they're starting to make this leap to becoming professionals in this league?
1: Well, I think you guys can understand and respect that as you continue to climb levels in this life, realistically, your circle gets smaller and smaller. And that's something that you have to come to terms with once you get to the professional level is because there's a lot of people reaching at you, pulling at you from different ways, wanting a lot of different things, and ultimately your time is the one thing that shouldn't have a price tag attached to it. But unfortunately, in this game, it does. In pro sports... It does. You only have a limited window. And so you've got to do everything you've got to do to capitalize on that. And shrinking that circle is one of the important things. Understanding there's a level of discipline that has to come with trying to graduate levels and get to the big leagues. Because it's not like collegiate basketball. It's not like collegiate football where you're a guy at the university and you're going to be a guy at the next level mm-hmm. right after you sign that check. Right or right after you sign that contract. It doesn't work that way. So you've you got to understand who's around you. Be cognizant of that. Um... Take care of your chickens, as Marshawn said.
3: Mm. Hey, you know in straight up, obviously there's sage wisdom that comes out of NFL players uh, every week during the NFL <laughs> season. Just watch a press conference, and you were comparing a lot of different sports. And I, I kind of, I had this question uh, I wanted to ask you from a major league perspective. We all know different athletes shit on each other's sports because their sport, they think their sport is superior, right? I want to know what do the major leaguers say about. Football players. Like, what's what's a common trope that gets thrown out to, to talk shit about uh, big big gentlemen like uh, ourselves? Oh,
1: I, I, I don't ever. And, I mean, I don't know how this is going to land with you guys. Uh, I, it might be some, some give and take here. But as far as the linemen are concerned, right, you get crushed at the lower levels because we all understand you're not catching anything. You yes. can't move. Yes. That all changes once you get to those bigger levels, you now become the most intelligent people aside, maybe from the guy who's calling the audibles on the field, right? Like, you know, blocking assignments, you understand everybody's job. So that, that starts to change. Uh, I have always thought about football players as some of the most freakish athletes, just raw physicality. And I've long said like, you want to sell tickets to put like, let's line up the big dudes and the skinny dudes. And let's put them at the 20 yard line on each. Let's run 80 yard Oklahoma's. Let me watch that. I want to watch that <laughs> unfold because that is just pure freakishness flying at each other. Right? You got dudes that are 300 pounds running four fives. Are you serious?
0: Thank you. It is absolute mutant you. behavior. You're right. That we need to call that like upgraded from Oklahoma. That's just a full blown missile drill. That's, That's exactly two what that is. Straight yes. at each other. scuds. Line them up. Let's do it. All right. Dallas Braden, very excited about the potential scud drill coming up here. All-Star weekend. What has you most excited going into the break right now, heading into this weekend in Major League Baseball?
1: It's the Derby. Simply put, it's the home run Derby because we show out as as a sport. Baseball does the Derby better than... NBA does any sort of anything they do on their all-star weekend, right? The all-star game, that's, that's
0: a laughing oh, stop. Yeah. I would say at this point with the dunk contest, too, the way that that's gone and kind of declined yeah, it's in popularity tough. over it's the tough. years. It's, it's It's a tough watch. I think the new format with the that we've gone to in the home run derby now where it's guys just getting up there and getting hit Getting pitches up there, getting bats going quickly. I think that's helped.
1: It's time. The clock is now a very real part of whether or not you're going to win or lose, managing the time. You have a say in that. you got to hit the ball far enough, buy yourself a little extra time. The NFL is a glorified flag football game. Yes. That's tired. True. That's eyewash. We don't need that. Nobody does. I'll take the trip to Hawaii. Sure, invite me, but I don't like, – let's not like – why are
3: we doing that? And they're changing that too. Now, I do have a, a slight issue with you coming to the All-Star MLB game. All right, I'm sorry, the uh, – NBA All Star Game because it's it's kind of like like you don't you don't sit around and shit on the home Gold Trotters. you know what I mean it's just like you know you you know what you it's you're just getting. a show, you know just you, a show. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, the the end doesn't matter the trophy is mean, silly you do, you do
0: have actual competition in this home run derby like to the this point matters. of matters to, well, to and and I want to get to because Money I heard you and Jared talk about this a lot Pedro Alonso mm-hmm. your guy's favorite is fascinating to me because you, if you've talked about this matters to him. Like, coming and winning the Home Run Derby yes. actually matters to him. Something that most people look at as arbitrary. It's a fun thing to do in the midst of All-Star Weekend. Why does this matter so much to him? I, I,
1: I think because he's an old school, he's a throwback. Like, if you've seen the movie Gladiator, you, you can remember all of those guys in a line, waiting to go out into the Coliseum, right? And Russell Crowe, he's been there. He's kind of letting them know what's coming. He's going to lead the charge. And even in that environment, imagine this old, grizzled warrior off to the side, sitting in the shadows by himself, doesn't even have his armor on yet, because he knows, he knows what's coming. He's been there, done that, right? And Pete Alonso, it doesn't matter what the numbers look like leading up to the All-Star break. He knows what job he has ahead of him. And so as everybody kind of shuffles out there into that Coliseum, here comes Pedro Alonso, but strapping it on, mm. ready to go, because mm. the lights are going to hit, and he is going to start dropping absolute mammoths. As, as
3: you explained it, I, I, I envision Albert Pujols sitting down there. like what, he... getting rolled out in his wheelchair? I mean, I ah, love Albert. He it's knows tight, what's coming. not. Ah, come on.
0: No, okay. So no, no hope for Albert Pujols in this one, another historic no. home run appearance for him in the no. home run derby. No, I appreciate, I mean, Rob Manfred absolutely crushed it with the legacy selections
1: and, and bringing these guys in at just a, a baller move. Um, but as far as the derby, like,
0: nah. Next. Understandable, the Pete Alonso point is great They were showing the home run derby From I believe it was last year up here And he was going up against Trey Mancini at one point And Trey started to get into a groove And you just saw Pete Alonso over there Just sitting down, nodding his head Common, collected, just like a caged animal. So Mm -hmm. he's excited. Hard to bet against him on that one. We've talked a lot about Julio Rodriguez and what he's been for the Seattle Mariners here. But I do want to ask, because you mentioned what Rob Manfred got right. And I thought last year, so much of the conversation going into All-Star Weekend was about Shohei Mm Atani, About how they got it right, letting him go out here, letting him pitch, letting him bat. All these great things that had been the story of Major League Baseball. I understand the angels are yet again a massive disappointment as a baseball team but it seems like some of the fervor around Shohei is a little more subdued heading into an all-star break where again he is here as a pitcher as a hitter what do you attribute that to
1: uh that's just kind of where we're at as a society with everything like I mean that's not baseball specific it's not sports specific it's You're clamoring for the next big thing. You're clamoring for the cool thing. You're swiping for it every 10 seconds. When you get it, you enjoy it. And then you're like, well, let me swipe again because there's gotta be something else cool, right? And so you've heard the story of Shohei being as good as Babe Ruth. You've heard everything that he's done since Babe Ruth has done it. And people have already gotten bored with that. And I can't even begin to understand how that happens, but I think that's just how we, as human beings, process things in our day-to-day life. And so I think he's just a victim of the way society kind of goes today. There's really no other explanation I have
0: for it. Well, and for him and Mike Trout, I think most of us that come at baseball as casual fans who have looked and said, Mike Trout's been one of the best players, if not the best player in baseball for as long as he's been in the league. And he's been toiling out there with the Angels. You've now got Shohei Atani, this unbelievable phenomenon. And the beginning of the season, they come out and they make us think maybe it's different this time. What does the future hold for those two? Like, are we ever going to see a world where we get to watch them play baseball when the calendar turns to October?
1: Oh, we're, ta- we're talking about the Halos? Yeah, that time, I mean, look, you're already starting to see Mike Trout come out and say things about his desire to win. It had been a long time before he was ever vocal about saying anything like that about, hey, you know, I'd like to see us make some moves. I'd he never said anything about that. Now he's starting to talk. Pay attention to that. Shohei Otani is already starting to say, oh, you know, it's been great. I told you guys I was really good. See, uh, what are you going to do about that? Are you going to bring anybody else in here to help?
0: Uh, oh, so man- you're thinking this starting to look like we could finally see one or both of these guys positioning themselves to actually go to greener pastures. Uh,
1: that, I, I, I just don't know that the man at the very top of that mountain that makes that decision, Mr. Moreno, I don't know for whatever crazy reason he would ever let that happen, because there comes a point in time where you realize that very well could be better for the long-term of the organization. But I don't like to say that because Angels fans understand there's still time now. You can still make moves now. You still have the two greatest players in the game right now. What are you gonna do about that instead
0: of standing idly by? That's why I can understand Angels fans' frustration. So frustration there, but not much to be done right now. Let's go to the opposite coast here with the Nationals. We talked a little bit yesterday about this with Jared, but the Juan Soto situation now turns down a $440 million offer. Say that again out loud to yourself. Yeah. Try not to puke all over your shoes here. I would love to just know what that feeling is like to say, no, I'm a half a billion dollar baby. Thank you very much. How do you see that playing out here in the short term and going forward? we got the trade deadline coming up. There's talk that maybe – he could be someone that's on the move before then. Do you think that's a realistic possibility?
1: I don't know how realistic that is right now because I think teams are going to like You Just you have to know. It's going to be your top five. If we're talking about currency in terms of prospects and resources of that nature, top five. Give them all to me. Like You don't have the room to tell me who you don't want to go. If you want Juan Soto, I'll tell you where I'm going to stop in terms of prospects on your list. It's that simple. I don't know that Mr. Rizzo is going to be in a position to entertain that right now because i think there's uh, a, a lot of this is telling you we're going to free agency like i don't we're not you just turned down half a billion dollars like you're gonna see if anybody else is gonna throw that half a billion dollar paycheck at you
0: man that's an insane position to be in but again well, he's a he's a boris guy right Correct. so pretty par and for yeah, the course as far away, as how yeah. he approaches clients so mm-hmm. all this seems to make sense but Again, just fascinating. Now, for Juan Soto to walk into the All Star weekend and to walk into the home run derby coming up tonight, where he basically said he was disappointed that this news got out and that now this has to be the focus going into tonight which is supposed to be an opportunity for him to go out there and blast dingers again
1: and i think a lot of that has to do with how humble juan soto is as well he doesn't want this weekend to be focused on him he doesn't like he understands yeah that's kind of why i'm here because i'm pretty good and we're all gonna enjoy everybody that's good but it's not about my dollars and cents right now this is about the weekend this is about everybody enjoying the first half that everybody's had so i i can understand that he also if you're about business the way I think Juan Soto is, he's going to want to handle this stuff behind closed doors. He's going to want to take care of this stuff he, in, in a buttoned-up kind of fashion. He doesn't want the laundry out on the street for everybody to smell. So I, I have a lot of respect for guys who have sort of said, and kind of like Aaron Judge, like, look, come correct or don't come at all because once it comes time to, to strap it on, conversation's over with.
3: Right. So, well, we, go ahead. Well, we talked about baseball is dead. That's what kind of – led to this there's a uh, bunch of talk about this la like, i guess since the pandemic started there was that you heard about baseball dying off we actually know now baseball is, is quite litty titty and uh, oh, yeah. i want to know why do you think right now it's changed baseball's always had stars it's always been about star power it's always been uh, the home derby's always been a draw for casual baseball fans like myself but now it feels kind of palpable this is this is as Baseball feels as, as big in L.A. right now as the Rams, which only got to that point for after winning a Super Bowl. So what, what, in your perspective, someone's been following baseball for so long. Why now? Why is in 2022 Is it seems like baseball is, is kind of cutting through in a real way?
1: Because baseball is as closely paralleled and intertwined with uh, with pop culture, in my opinion, as it's ever been. We're getting closer and Great closer point. to being more mainstream in that regard like think about where we're at it's 2022 and we're finally coming to terms with the bat flip Mm -hmm. being a regular thing and we've been pumping out videos of guys bat flipping since the 1960s right yeah so that's what we've been battling as a sport it's just getting regular fans to come around and realize there's been a whole revolution and evolution in other sports on how things are celebrated how how athletes carry themselves, and baseball has been stuck in the past for so long. So because athletes, and and straight up, athletes do not look like me these days. We have African-American athletes. We have Latino athletes. We have Asian-born athletes that are absolutely tearing the sport up, and that is incredible because people who don't look like me need to know that people that look like them are absolutely crushing it. And that's also a big part of why baseball is becoming a thing. Because here in LA, Mookie bets. Right? There's a lot of folks. There's a lot of folks that were looking for somebody that they could draw to draw. Mookie provide Ronald Acuna Jr. out in Atlanta. He's gonna be here. Come on, Clean Venezuelans win. going nuts. I, I love that. I've, I've said this. You want to watch the home run derby? You need to put it on the Spanish channel. You need to watch a Spanish broadcast Ooh. straight up. I love that. Straight up, just gas. Oh my God. That is true. It's a different. This is coming from a guy it's who got to call the Home Run Derby with Chris Berman.
0: Yes, which I can say it's its own level of energy, but oh, you're my right. God. There are, in fact, levels to this. Yes. There are, in fact, levels to this. What was the breakthrough point for you? Because for so long, you're right, it felt like there was a resistance to a lot of that, to a lot of the personality that pop out. Was there a moment that stuck out to you where you're like, all right, we've, we've made that breakthrough, we've made that progress? I
1: think it's just the stars in the game being okay with being unapologetically themselves, and people being okay with that or coming to terms with that, you know? And whether you can get on board with the evolution that's occurring, it's something that you just need to be aware of because folks are always afraid of what's different. Always afraid of what's different. If you just sit back, though, and allow yourself to see the forest and the trees, I think you're really going to enjoy the scenery. And I think that's what people are starting to do because the kids that are watching the game are now telling mom and dad to shut up and watch the clip, and I'll show it to you on my phone how awesome it is. And now, now parents are starting to get it, right? Right. And so I think there's it's it's that snowball effect. It's it's been a long time coming, but well, it's coming.
3: It seems like there's a show in between the show, like to see Soto in between. Pitches, Soto shuffle. I, I I could watch a rip. I, nine, I watched nine minutes of it last night, just of, <laughs> of the Soto shuffle, just in that little pool. I just uh-huh. I could watch it all day long. That's right. I mean, and and it's little things like that that
1: younger athletes gravitate towards but just that excitement that in the moment right because in in 2005 guys are taking pitches like that and they're excited about the fact that they took it but they're not showing out like that like that's not a thing now it is and then Juan Soto backs it up by dropping D on you 500 500 feet to dead central
0: swagged out baseball in 2022 we love to see it that's the kind of celebration, you're right, bringing young fans into it, continuing to grow that on All-Star Weekend. As we come out of All-Star Weekend, going down the stretch here, ask you to pull out your prognosticating hat here. What is your World Series matchup right now that you see coming down the pipes? Ooh, man,
1: I mean, look, the NL East is a really exciting division right now, just whether or not the Mets are you know, going to be able to continue to do what they've done. They're obviously getting some reinforcements back. They got Max back. Yep. Jacob DeGrom is coming back. That pitching staff is outstanding. Can the offense just kind of keep pace and give them a fighting chance? Uh the Atlanta Braves have showed everybody like, look, we're we're real. We're real. We showed you last year we were real. We're real again. So the National League, I think. The Dodgers are still, in my opinion, a team that you just can't well, – you, you're telling me no? You're telling me they're not going to – that's tough to see. The Walker Bueller is a big deal. I don't know what kind of impact Dustin May is going to have, if he's going to be able to come back and, and what he provides them, but I still don't think the Dodgers are a team you can count out in the National League. The American League is going to be crazy because the American League East looks like it does, right? The division yes. in baseball that's got everybody above 500 right now um, – there's a team in the American League West, the Seattle Mariners, who have won 14 straight. That make that wild card conversation really interesting. Um, but I, I think I think the Yankees, the, Ooh, the Yankees are a team. And, really? and look, I understand that they've cooled off. They haven't performed the way. Look, the big question was sustainability. Yes. yes. Can they sustain this? Can they do this? And I guess you can now start to say, well, you can realize why. That was the question, because they're winning at a 700% clip, 680% clip. Well, it's starting to taper off. Aaron Judge is starting to slow down a bit. I mean, what do yeah. you into the break on, 32 homers, yes, 30 right. jacks? I mean, come on. I don't know how but
3: cool that is. But. Carpenter's picking up that slack a little bit.
1: I mean, the guy has – it was brought to my attention that he has more home runs in roughly 80 or so baseball games than anybody on the team that I call baseball games for, which is really crazy to think, because you could probably say that for some other teams. But to right. think he's got 16, 17 homers or whatever it is in 80-some-odd games, if it's even that money, i mean, that's, just, that's absolutely ridiculous.
3: Now, Jared thinks that the Red Sox season is over with the injury of Chris Sale. Do you agree with him?
1: Uh, well, you could go back to an episode, I would say, arguably, I would say a couple months ago where Jared declared the Red Sox back. I know that might not have circulated the way it should have, but there was a moment in time where the Red Sox were indeed back. And then to see them, you know, not, not get all the way back and then maybe, you know, get dealt a, a tough hand, that's, yeah, that hurts.
0: It was a tough one. Is there anything nice you can say about the Red Sox to cheer Jared up? Before we let you go here, you've been fantastic. Again, everyone stick around. Baseball is dead. Going to be taping right after us here. But we saw Jared as the lowest of lows. Sure. Really just got to hang out with him for the first time yesterday. Started off on a tough note with that. Is there anything nice you can say about the Sox to cheer him up today?
1: I have more collegiate home runs than the Red Sox manager, Alex Cora.
0: There we go. That seems like the perfect way to bounce this. Dallas, like we appreciate the time today. Congrats on that accomplishment. Thank you very much. Enjoy the all-star week, uh, break here. Looking forward to the home run derby tonight. Thanks so much, man. Enjoy the gentlemen. <clears throat> again, stick around. Baseball is dead. Coming up right after us here in the DraftKings tent. We're, again, very shady, very breezy here But still, even though we're not in the sunlight, Brandon, feels like a good time to show off and talk about one of our new partners on the show here. Yes. Wearing right now our friends at Knockaround Sunglasses here. Very excited with the Knockaround folks here for a lot of reasons. I know for myself personally, I'm my father's son, which means I have a fear of buying really expensive sunglasses because I tend to live pretty hard in my sunglasses. So I break them, I lose them, all these things. Knockaround is awesome because it is a great pair of stylish shades. They come in many styles, like this one right here. You can mix and match them color wise here. I believe this is not a lie. According to my fact sheet here, there are over a billion possible combinations for customized knockaround sunglasses not here. A so you can fit whatever you're looking for here as someone who likes to occasionally match with the sneakers that I wear. Yes. But again, these are sunglasses that you can get here for usually around $30 per pair which is incredible, it's affordable, and you still look really good up on stage talking to your friend Brandon.
3: Yes, and uh, this I'm just very impressed with how you've always looked in your knock-around sunglasses and your ability to do this live right now, and yeah. you're doing an amazing job at it. In
0: polarized sunglasses that make it, uh, you know sometimes I can actually still see the screen on this one, which is incredible. I also wear them when I go running, which is actually a little more often now. I live by the beach, I'm having a hot girl summer, it's pretty incredible. We can go out there and lace them up. I throw on the ones that have like the blue reflector on the frames there. And now all of a sudden I feel a bit more like a runner. This too can be you for the low, low price, like I said, of like $30 usually on these sunglasses. All you gotta do, guys, knock around sunglasses, high quality polarized sunglasses at a truly affordable price. Check out the huge range of shades at knockaround.com. Make sure you guys check that out here. Very excited to have them on board as a partner here on the show. Now, uh, Brandon, as I dramatically take off my knockaround sunglasses to make a point here. On the broadcast. We did kind of want to get to this today because, again, we know it's Major League Baseball's All Star weekend. We're very excited about that. You and I are both proud Notre Dame grads, though. Yes. Both Notre Dame football alums, both played for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame for a time, who is now at Louisiana State University. And we know we're in a different time right now with college sports. you got NIL and all these things that have crept into the way that people recruit, the way that people go about things here. And I saw this getting a lot of reaction on God's internet from our former head coach, Brian Kelly, who we know has had a few guffaws when he made his way down there. He had the uh, family, the accent, all the things that went on there. Understandable. Brian Kelly said this the other day about what's going on in the current landscape of college football. He was asked if he felt like LSU – was underfunded in a news conference at SEC Media Day. And he said, quote, I think we're as competitive as anyone else. I don't feel like we're being outbid by anybody. I don't think that's the place of NIL anyway. So if we're being outbid, then we're going to be outbid if we have 50 million in our collective. Brandon, you made a face when I saw that that made it seem like you disagreed. I looked at this and said, this is a man openly stating how the game goes right now. We all walked into SEC Media Day expecting to see an angry altercation between, or between well, not Lane Kiffin, Jimbo he would Fisher. be instigating this, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, after the words exchanged this offseason about how they went about recruiting their football team at Texas A&M. And Jimbo pushed back on that because he didn't like the idea that anyone would insinuate he was going out there and buying players in what is now college football's open market. Right. All Brian Kelly said out loud was, this is how the game goes now, and we believe we will be very good at the game. And I don't understand how anyone could have an issue with that.
3: I don't like the concept of just straight blue chipping this thing. Like, we're just making a dollar I like blue chipping as a a verb. You do like that? Okay, well, maybe we will keep blue chipping. But I don't like the concept of just these athletes going to the highest bidder. Because obviously money plays a factor, but I think location, family makeup, all those different things are very important pedigree if you have a, a, a father or family from football that's not just going to chase dollar amounts well, i don't I, like i don't like the whole game of recruiting being boiled down to how much money you can fit in a suitcase are
0: you pocket watching right now i'm not pocket it watching sounds like you're pocket watching right I'm now not Brandon. Pocket, hey i didn't pocket watch Manti when he was with us listen i never saw nothing you're not going to get me on the record with anything here all
3: i'm saying the is, ncaa
0: already took 12 of my wins and you can never have them back
3: you can never have them back. <laughs> I just think there's so much more that goes into recruiting. So to, to act like Brian Kelly saying, oh, I'm LSU. We got deep pockets. We're never going to get outbid. If somebody else chooses another school, it's not because we didn't offer enough money. It's like, no, people don't want to play for you. Like, people may not want to play for you. People want to play for LSU. People might, wanna, might not want to play for you. So, yes, you're not going to outbid someone, but that's not going to be the deciding factor if you get a five-star recruit or not. I don't think that's what he's saying. I just think
0: he's saying, hey, we can do the thing with the bread now, so we are over here doing the thing with the bread now. And They've always is, been doing the thing with the bread. I understand that, but now we can talk about the bread. And being able to
3: talk about the bread is good, Brandon.
2: We
0: okay. love bakeries. We're both big carbs guys here. There's nothing wrong with
3: them bringing up the way he did. Okay, so is there any, uh, what's the thing where you can talk about something after it happened illegally? stipulation like after it happened are you talking about like unsealed fbi documents here Not statute of limitations st- statute of limitations there you yes. Go. that's what i'm saying so like all the stories i've heard about cam newton at auburn and all the things am i allowed to tell those stories now or is i are, mean we've are we already still- been telling those stories and they're awesome getting paid to be
0: good at something is great full stop now that college <laughs> kids can be paid to be great at something that kicks ass full stop Everyone else will figure it out from there. And all – like the, the number one thing I said when Brian Kelly went to LSU was he knows how to be where his feet are as well as any coach in college football. Adjusted from being at Central Michigan, adjusted from being at Cincinnati, adjusted when he got to Notre Dame, and now he is adjusting to the new world at LSU. And where Jimbo Fisher got a little unhappy about the way that he was being characterized by Nick Saban, Brian's saying, no, we can do this now. We got what you're looking for if you want to come here. And we believe that that is something that can be a part of recruiting athletes. In addition to all the other things that you brought about there. So I actually applaud it for just laying the game out there. This is what it is. Let's talk about it. Let's say the words. Yeah,
3: as, a, as someone who dry snitches quite a bit, I can't be mad at Brian Kelly for dry snitching on the process to, to get recruits to the score.
0: I don't think this is dry. I think this was just full on. I think this is just Wet full. Snitching. I don't even think it was snitching. It was just stating facts, and that is what we were a fan of around here. If it
3: wasn't snitching, it wouldn't have been a headline. So I I think some people think it's... Well, no, see, we're in time right now. It's like legal marijuana, where everyone's still... There's still
0: some people that probably look at this. Now, maybe not out here, because it's been a little bit more built into the brand for a while, but in some places, I get you... Like, some people our parents' age still like, oh, my God, even though it looks like an Apple store and smells like a skunk, (laughs) I'm not really sure how to proceed. It's a little bit different. You're in that period right now where people just got to get used to it. It's the new normal, Brandon. You know those two words in the last few years. Yeah. Okay. All right, Brandon. Before we make you sing on stage here, we are going to make you sing on stage here. Don't worry about that. Before we make you sing on stage here, we do want to tell people again about another one of our friends on the show here at Doctor Emil Nutrition. Now, you and I both trying to stay in shape post career. Very important here. Yes. Different ways to go about that. Trying,
3: trying, trying. Yeah,
0: trying desperately here. Well, Dr. Mill was a doctor who tried to craft a fitness lifestyle that worked for him. Now trying to help it help other people here. It's about just the journey, not just the end and in all this, but wellness that you can actually feel and experience every day. Now, I can tell you two of the ones I really like on this one, pre-workout and sleep aid. Now, you and I have both been through a fair amount. If you haven't dry scooped some old pre-workout back in the day, were you really ever a meathead? The answer is probably no, but now I'm 32. I don't need the jitters and all that stuff. So the pre-workout stuff, great there, gives you that little kind of focused edge without having all the jitters. And then the sleep aid here. You and I have both worked mornings, overnights, all that stuff. You don't wake up feeling your best the next day. This gives you that restful sleep that helps with all that different recovery, gets you that moment where you're ready to tackle the day the next day. Okay, I'm down. You're down for that one, Brandon? I'm in. All right. Well, with Dr. Uh, Emil's array of natural, high-quality supplements, they're hand-selected for each aspect of your personal wellness jersey. Visit Dr. Emil Nutrition.com. Use the discount code GOJO20 for 20% off, plus free shipping on all orders. That's D R E M I L D-R-E-M-I-L.com. com. right, Brandon. Now the bills are paid.
3: You know what time it is, Brandon? Okay. Now, I need your little help. What? How's the Papa Roach... How's the paparajka at the very beginning? What's the first thing he says? He says, news dropout?
0: cut my life okay, into okay, okay, pieces. Okay okay, 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 okay. You ready?
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done
3: okay 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 i need i need help i need help from never mind i was gonna say i need help from the audience but i i I didn't get any you weren't sure how many
0: papa roach fans were in the audience here necessarily Alright there we go. We gotta got roll, we, we got, got, got some pop a in the background of this audience here, which I appreciate. Okay, okay. Thank you for your service. I mean
3: okay, audience, audience. <laughs> okay, I I'm, <laughs> go, right. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna scream out, cut my life into pieces, and then I'm gonna give the mic to you guys. I need you guys to scream back. It's this, that, and the third? It's this, that, and the third. Okay, you guys, you guys ready for this? Oh, you we're workshopping this on Cut the Cut my I life into it. pieces. This is that, and the third. Okay, you guys ready? Cut my life into pieces.
0: We know it's not the actual words, but it is a segment that we do on this podcast where I asked Brandon to remix it in the form of song at the beginning of it. We didn't explain the bit going into it because sometimes there are things that just can't be explained. And
3: I know I look disappointed at all of you, but I am very happy that you participated. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Shout out to the Padres making their presence felt here in the this, that, and the third intro for anyone listening to the podcast later. All right, Brandon, let's get to uh, this on this, that, and the third here. Very interested in what's going on. We had the open this weekend. Cameron Smith, we've got sirens going by here. It's ambient sound. It's fine. Yes,
3: yes. Someone's being helped. That's good news. Oh, That's car fine. chase. No oh, yes. Woo,
0: LA. A day that ends in Y. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Speaking of uh, David, uh, David Faraday. Leaving NBC and heading over to become a commentator at the Live Golf Tour, which is interesting after this weekend, Brandon, because this is now like the broadcast side of it. I still don't know where I can watch one of these golf events. No, I I still haven't haven't had any desire to actually watch one of them outside of scoreboard watching, but. It did make it interesting at the Open this past weekend because you had Rory McIlroy near the top of the board the whole week who has been very outspoken against the Saudi-backed live tour. You had Dustin Johnson, who was probably the most high-profile name to go over as a current player on there, up near the top five. And that sort of tension, I think, is going to be the reason that none of the majors actually step in and ban these guys. We know the PGA Tour has kept these guys off of their events, but the major championships said, hey, we're still kind of open for business. The opens operate by a different code, but I don't think you're going to see the Masters or anybody else step up and deny these guys because at the end of the day, that little bit of tension is what we're always looking for in sports, Brandon.
3: Oh, absolutely, and it's been happening in golf more and more. I think that the, open, the PGA is taking my advice and just waiting for the money to dry out. I think that's what's going on because we're going to stop talking about Live Golf eventually. I'm, I'm giving it a, another year. Maybe. I'm, I'm hoping six months, though. All right. Bold prediction. Live golf. You don't think so? Dead before its first birthday.
0: Do you, how long do you think we're going to be dealing with this? I go- think that money is long over there, and I think we'll be dealing with this for even longer than that. And I say that, unfortunately, because there's a lot of conflict about what that league represents, but I think they're not in this to be competitive, to do anything realistic with golf. They're there to wash some money and make the reputation look a little bit better, which I don't think will succeed, but they got deep enough pockets to make it go. All right, Brandon, let's get to that, because this is something we just talked about relative to weight that I think we can both kind of relate to, is there was a report from Pro Football Talk about Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Leonard Fournette saying he showed up to OTAs, well overweight. They talked about him being up near two sixty and trying to float that out there. Now, depending on what corners of the internet you lived in, you've seen Leonard Fournette in videos with other former LSU teammates out here working out, not looking nearly that weight. Right. But Brandon, we had that going on today. We also had conversations about JK Dobbins coming back from injury with the Baltimore Ravens, yes. kind of pushing back on a report from me and Rappaport over at the NFL network about the timetable for his return. I always think it's an interesting reminder point. We did this with Eddie Lacy relative to the weight a while back when he was with the Green Bay Packers. Yep. And we saw
3: how it affected dude. Fat shaming running backs is, is never never to move. Well, he was, and he was trending again on the internet
0: for this, that reason today. And it's kind of a reminder. Athletics are a business of bodies. Yes. Your business as an athlete is your body. And so you see these guys react in a very personal way because of that reason and so it's just kind of a reminder for those of us that cover it for fans that watch it you got to pick and choose your battles because one you're getting a generation of player that is more than willing to let you hear about it when they feel like you stepped in it and I don't even think Ian Rappaport said anything that out of pocket but it's the point proven here that if you want to be out there doing that at some point now you might have to answer for that and I think we all do a little better with that stuff.
3: Yeah I think what Instead of like chastising and taking that information and thinking, oh, look how lazy Leonard Fournette is or whatever you want to say about his offseason. I think just make a better decision about it. Don't draft him in your fantasy draft. Wait, wait, wait to get him off waivers later on in the season because he ain't going to be getting all those uh, all those yak yards uh, early on. It doesn't seem like it unless unless he's just, you know, solid third down back. Listen, playoff, Lenny. We all
0: know it's about the postseason with Leonard Fournette. So just bank for playoff, Lenny, and prosper in the return of Tom Brady.
3: Oh yeah, he's not going to let you down. In, he's not going to let you down in the back half of the year. No, no, yeah. not never.
0: But Brandon, let's get to the third because we are out here getting ready to enjoy actual baseball being played between the home run derby and the All Star game on Tuesday. We've got more baseball in the second half of the season here, and we also mercifully need people to start kicking off football. So I have to stop reading headlines like this. Yes. Justin Jefferson had a quote aggregated the other day. This is a two-part between college and the NFL that we just need to shut it down, let baseball have the rest of the summer, and then please, God, regroup once training camp actually starts. Because Justin Jefferson came out with the apparently hot take that Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in football, but next year it will be Justin Jefferson, who is a young and upcoming receiver. At the same time, I saw a headline going into SEC Media Day asking if Nick Saban was still the best head coach in the SEC. What are we doing? We just need to stop. Like, at some point, go dark. NFL Live, take a break. NFL Network, go and get some coffee. Let's let baseball have the rest of the summer here because clearly we cannot handle ourselves responsibly in the football community anymore.
3: I don't know. I like the take from Justin Jefferson that he's going to be the number one wide receiver. I think Jamar Chase came out and said he's going to set all these rookie records. He went out and did that. I think now you just – it's back to fantasy football. Draft Justin Jefferson. Because he's got a plan. You already should have been doing that. Yeah, but he's like. The good player thinks he's good. I, for one, am shocked, Brandon. uh, I, for one, am shocked. the, the, The top 10 player thinks he's top two and not number two. I think that's more of the headline. Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: young, confident athlete goes out and actually leads with humility, and yet somehow people are going to take issue with that here. Again, we have displayed. It's like, Brandon, you have two young kids, two beautiful young kids. I do. And at some point, you're going to give them a new responsibility, something new to hang out with, and they are going to show you whether, they are not, whether or not they are mature enough to handle that responsibility, that bit of freedom that you give them. We are the children right now of football, and we have proven we are not responsible enough to handle this bleep right now.
3: No, these are the quotes that come out. This is the same time where we went, not the same time, a couple months removed, when we went crazy because Jamar Chase couldn't – said that the NFL balls were harder to catch. They don't have that white stripe. They true. don't have the white stripe. And we went nuts over that. And I, I – well, obviously, he was dropping balls at that point in time. This is quote season because the quotes are going to get drowned out by play pretty soon here, and they'll get, they'll get lost in the wind. We need – we need these quotes to, to drive the media cycle because otherwise I, we're not talking about football. <laughs>
0: and you know what? Honestly, again, I think we could deal with that Madden ratings. Right now. You want to talk about Madden ratings? I don't. I really don't. You know what I want to talk about, Brandon? I want to talk about all the fine people that came and sat and watched us here. I want to thank Dallas Braden again for joining us. I want to remind you to stick around under the tent here as Baseball is Dead is going to get ready to be taped here. And I want to enjoy watching Pete Alonzo, J-Rod, and the rest of these guys mash some dingers later tonight here. So thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Gojo Podcast, if you haven't checked it out, download, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get to the podcast. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.
3: Cause the memories flood in my mind, baby, I can't stop it. I know I said I wouldn't call, but I'm breaking my promise. Cause the memories flood in my mind, baby, I can't stop it. week tonight